pinnacle of the church calendar. This is just wonderful. I just love it. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. No pulpit. I'm going to do a uh, sit, sit down at a t- table. But what is what normally happens are a few jokes. So I'm going to open up with some jokes. Thank you, Rod. So the kids did their uh, chocolate Easter egg hunt yesterday and they didn't really appreciate my joke when I said that, uh, you know, of all the things that taste like chicken, it's weird that eggs aren't one of them. Uh, I have a really funny story on my phone, and there's a picture to prove that it happened, so let, I'm going to assume that it happened in real life. It's the closest real-life story to Easter that I could find, and it's really funny. So this guy, Dusty, writes this on his Facebook page. He says, so I woke up and my dog is lying on the back patio covered in dirt with a rabbit in his mouth. The rabbit's not bloody, just dirty. My neighbor's kids raise blue ribbon rabbits. I instantly knew it was one of theirs. I took the rabbit away from my dog, rushed inside, washed off all the dirt before my neighbors could come home. I took it and placed it back in one of the cages in their backyard. Then I zoomed back home. Don't judge me. Not 30 minutes later, I hear my neighbors screaming. So I go out and I ask them, what's wrong? They tell me their rabbit died three days ago and they buried it, but now it's back in the cage. (laughs) Oh, man. Very, very funny. And, and, And the best Easter joke that I have ever seen is actually a comic, if you could show that comic now. Says, Thomas, we just saw Jesus. He came back from the dead. Oh, really? Well, until I see the marks of the nails in his hands for myself, I will not believe. And Jesus comes up behind and says, guess who? And you can see his eyes through the marks in his hand. That's my favorite Easter comic. Thanks, Alan. Well, this morning, I want to talk about experiencing Jesus. Experiencing Jesus. So today, as I said, is the pinnacle of the church calendar. But we don't need to just live in the church, the pinnacle of the church calendar one day of the year. Because Jesus died for us for every day of the year, for every day of our lives. And because he's still risen today. The truth of this statement should impact our lives more than the beautiful weather that we have today. Or sometimes not so beautiful weather that we have other days. With weather we dress for what we should wear and what we end up feeling But Jesus impacts who we are, and that is so much more important than what we wear and what we feel. Now, as I was reading through the Bible about what to share and uh, what to preach on for today, I had a few thoughts about some of the different stories in the Bible, and I felt like God was wanting to highlight what happened in those stories and to, to ask a few questions about those stories. So I'm going to read some of those portions. And I want to encourage you to imagine being the person in the story with Jesus. Imagine being that person across from Jesus, looking right at him, and that he's speaking to you. And he's, he's talking to you. He's asking you questions. And he's engaging with you. What different things might you see? What different things might you hear apart from the words of Jesus? What might you smell. What would hearing these things make you feel? What would it make you want to say or think? 
or do. Try to immerse yourself in the text. This is one of the ways that we can make the Bible come alive for us as we study it. So the first three portions of the Bible that I'm going to read to you are about Peter. They're about Peter's, uh, sorry, about Jesus' prediction of Peter's denial. Then we're going to read the actual portion of text where Peter does deny knowing Jesus. And then we're going to read where Jesus reinstates Peter for that denial. Because Jesus loves Peter and so he wants to reach out to him. But first we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to be Lord over this message. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again from the dead, that because of the resurrection, we can do this, Lord God, and we can have the authority to do all sorts of other things, that you have made us new creations for good works. And so, Lord, as we open up your word and as we, as we try to immerse your, ourselves in the word of God today, would you make it come alive for us? Would you have it ask us new questions and challenge us in new areas and bring new life to our situations? In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, we're going to be reading these first few portions about Peter. And then I want to challenge you while I'm reading to place yourself in the text, Visualize yourself in there in the Bible with Jesus. So this is Peter's denial found in Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. What would it feel like to be asked or to be told by Jesus, who was a really good friend, probably Peter's best friend, what would it be like to be told by him who you've been following for three years, who you've been under his teaching for three years, you've traveled together, you broke bread together, you ate together, you slept together in the same room, because as they, as they traveled around, they, were, they would sleep wherever they could. And you're hearing from this man that, that you are going to deny him along with all the others that followed him. How would, that, how would that make you feel knowing that, hearing that from him? Now here's the text of Peter's actual denial, the night of Jesus' trial, just later in that chapter. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, 
This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath saying, I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Again, imagining ourselves as Peter, what would it feel like to deny knowing Jesus when, he, when we said so confidently, that won't happen. I will die before. Even if everyone else denies knowing you, I will not do that. And then, having just done that, how would that make you feel? How do you think Peter felt? Here, in John chapter 21, we find Jesus on the shore of a lake, a morning after Peter and, and the disciples were out fishing all night. And this is where Peter is reinstated. Jesus called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you had just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. When they finished eating, this is verse 15 now if you're following along. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus said, or sorry, he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Is there a relationship in your life that you so desperately need restored that you would do absolutely anything to restore that relationship? Peter swam 100 yards. Now, that's not a huge swim, but after that swim, he ran out and he grabbed that huge net full of 153 large fish, and he dragged that onto the shore. Peter would have done anything to restore that relationship with Jesus. Is there a relationship in your life you so badly want restored? You so desperately would do anything to restore? Peter experienced Jesus. Peter experienced Jesus. Now I want to read to you a text about Mary Magdalene. She was a disciple or a student of Jesus at the same time Peter was. Now picture yourself in Mary's shoes on Easter morning, finding the tomb empty. John chapter 20 says this. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, The same question, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said. He told them, she told them that he had said these things to her. Have you ever been so panicked? Have you ever been so distraught that you did not see the answer right in front of your eyes before? Just like Mary did in this story. Mary experienced Jesus. Finally, we have one of the most famous interactions after Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus sees Thomas for the first time. Now try to picture yourself in this story as Thomas. This is also in John chapter 20. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side. 
I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Come, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And what would it like to be called out by your teacher, Jesus, like this? What would it like to have all of your doubts removed in a second? What would that be like? Thomas experienced Jesus. Who do you identify with most in these stories? Do you identify with Peter in his denial of knowing Jesus? Is there an area of your life that you used to be so confident in, but today you're, you're not so confident in? You're lacking that confidence that you once had. Is there an area of your life that you so desperately want to be reinstated in? You lost a position, you lost a place, and you so want to be reinstated. And is there a relationship in your life that you would do anything to see restored? That you would drag a huge net full of fish? That you would swim 100 yards? That you would traverse over a mountain to go and restore? Is there a relationship that you want restored? No, all of these questions probably won't apply to you. But I would imagine that at least one of them will. Do you identify with Mary in her being distraught and distracted? Is there an area of your life that you have lost sight of God in? That you have taken over control and that God really isn't in the picture anymore. You can't even see him. Have you been panicking and reaching out to the wrong people. Where do you need Jesus to take away the pain and to bring peace? Or do you identify with Thomas in his doubt? Have you lost faith in God and in his ability to do absolutely anything? Because he is supernatural. Is there an area of your life that is contributing to your lack of faith that you need to pray about and probably get rid of? What would it feel like to be called by Jesus like this and have all of your doubts removed in a second? Now, how do their situations apply to us today? How is Jesus' response applicable for you in your situation? What's God saying to you right now? What do you think 
God is wanting you to do with what he's saying to you. In your answers, rule out anything that is critical, anything that is unloving or unkind, because that is not God. That's not from him. That's not what he desires. Rather, his desire is for the banished person to no longer be banished. His desire is to bring restoration in relationships. Today, he's drawing you closer to him. So be courageous and respond to him today. Pray, worship, repent, and obey in his leading. Just like Peter, Mary, and Thomas experienced Jesus, and it changed their lives. Today, we're experiencing Jesus. And our lives don't need to be the same. And just like Mary and Peter, he's called your name. How will you respond upon experiencing Jesus today? How will you respond? So I want to invite the prayer team to come forward and to be open to minister in prayer. And I want to invite all those here that are hearing about Jesus maybe for the first time and have never made a decision on Jesus, never been asked to make a decision on Jesus. And I want to invite you today to make that decision. And it's as It's a really simple decision. All you have to do is admit that you're not perfect. Not anyone in this room is. Believe that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice and that he is Lord and Savior. And choose to follow him today and every day of your life. It's that simple. And if you want to do that today, I'd encourage you to repeat after me in this prayer that I'm about to lead everyone in. So let's, let's all stand. And just repeat after me. If you've said this before, it won't hurt you to say it again. And if you want to say it for the very first time, I would love to talk with you and to give you resources to set you up for success in your walk with Jesus. So come and see me immediately after we close the service. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you were and that you are that perfect sacrifice for me because I couldn't do it. I'm not perfect and I have sinned. But I believe that you are Lord and that you are my Savior. And so I choose today to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you said that for the first time today or you've said it for the first time in a very long time, I would love to speak with you and I'd love to give you resources to help you in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, if you want to walk through some of these questions that I asked today, 
And you, you want to just meditate on those in, in your, the rest of your day today, I would encourage you to meditate on the question that, that kind of tweaked in your heart or in your mind that, you've, that you felt you should be applying. But if you want prayer for any one of those questions, we would love to pray with you. We'd love to see God move in your life. We'd love to see you healed. Jesus was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago, but that did not end with the miraculous. He gave us the authority to see that happen as well today. And so we want to see that happen in your life. And we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to see God move and to see what God will do in your life today. Happy Easter. Thank you so much for coming out. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Enjoy your wonderfully roasted turkeys or hams, whatever you're going to have. Have yourself a wonderful day. God bless. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this morning at Living Hope Community Church. If you love what we're doing and you want to partner with us as a ministry, you can go to livinghope-ca.org backslash give and choose a giving option that works best for you. Or if God did something in your life and you want to, we want to know about it. So if you can send us a quick email at amen at livinghope-ca.org. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great week.